This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Right now, the report on retail sales for October is out, along with the latest gauge of home builder confidence. And to talk about those, we're joined by Gus Fauché, the chief economist at PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. So, Gus, what do those two reports say about what we can expect moving forward with the economy? Um, you know, we are seeing stronger economic growth in the fourth quarter of 2021 than we saw in the third quarter. So uh, retail sales, uh, we saw a big jump there in October. We had a big gain in September, and that was revised higher. So uh, consumers are obviously concerned about inflation, uh, but, it, you know, it, it appears that that isn't preventing them from going out and spending. And then in terms of the housing market, that remains very strong. We saw uh, an increase in the Home uh, Builders Index in November, uh, demand for new homes remains very strong. The biggest issue is shortages of construction workers, shortages of building materials, but people want to buy new homes right now. It almost seems that the conditions are such that you would see a slowdown, but it just doesn't seem to be happening. Why is that? Well, I, I mean, there are a couple of things that are going on. I think the biggest one is is that um, you know manufacturers, builders, they're getting those some of those supply chain difficulties worked out. So we saw a big increase in auto production in October. Excuse me, in October from so. Uh, from September. Um, that suggests that perhaps uh, the automakers are solving their computer chip shortages. Uh, perhaps other businesses are figuring things out and are coming up with alternative suppliers. We saw a big increase in in, um, in uh, energy output in October after the recovery from Hurricane Ida. So um, these supply chain issues, they're ongoing, but it looks like at least some of them are getting resolved. How long before, if these aren't resolved, if some of these issues aren't resolved, rising prices, supply chain issues, that sort of thing, how long before it really starts to take a serious toll on the economy? Um, I, I think we're still a long ways from there. Consumers still have a lot of money that they have saved up from their stimulus payments, from extra unemployment insurance benefits, and then from limited opportunities to spend. And I do think that suppliers are working things out. So, um, you know, the higher prices, they're going to deter demand in some areas. But what that means is consumers will start to spend in other areas where prices haven't increased as much. Uh, so given all of the extra consumer savings that, that's out there, uh, given the fact that we, you know, we did see a big increase in production in October, and at least some of these supply chain problems are abating. Uh, I think we're poised for growth throughout 2022 and into 2023. Anything else that we need to watch out for with all of this? Um, you know, the question is, is at what point does higher overall inflation uh, perhaps become more of a significant drag on consumer spending? I think right now that the benefits of rising home values, rising stock prices, an improving job market, uh, all the money that households have saved up, that's offsetting that impact of higher inflation. But there is a potential that if inflation doesn't slow as we as expect, um, that that could start to bite into consumer spending and that could be a problem down the line. 
That's Gus Fauché, the chief economist at PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Gus, always great to have you on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Coming up, a focus on a couple of the big winners in retail. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Home Depot and Walmart among the retailers enjoying a surge in sales. And let's take a deeper dive with Jan Rogers Niffen, the CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide in New York. So what's going on at Home Depot and Walmart? Well, the same thing that's going on with the consumer nationally. They're selling a lot of stuff. The consumer's buying a lot of stuff because the consumer hasn't switched over yet to doing all the experiential things we thought they might have switched over to by now as COVID started to wane. And they're just buying and buying and buying. And it was reflected at Home Depot and Walmart. We thought by now the consumer would have switched over at least to apparel and shoes and accessories if they hadn't switched over to experiences. But they're still buying at Home Depot and Lowe's, so that hasn't changed. And they're still buying at Walmart. It's a very, very strong consumer. The numbers are now officially 16.3% up year over year on retail sales, excluding gas and autos. Well, the question question is, how long can that continue? Ah, that's the question. How long can the the consumer continue to spend their extra $2 trillion in savings that they piled up during COVID? They can probably do that right into 22. So the real question is, how fast are they going to go back to work? We know there are 10 million unfilled jobs. There's only, what, 5 million people looking for jobs. So jobs are out there. People can go back to work now that the government has cut back on how much it's paying out. And therefore, we could continue to see this strength because it could be driven just by the consumer's ability to make money going forward. But there's a big inflation component in here. It looks like inflation might have been 6% of that 16% number. So is there anything specific that Home Depot and Walmart are doing right? Or is this just really a case of people have money to spend and those are two of the places they're spending it? Well, there's some of that, but they're clearly doing something right. They're part of the group I describe as watch. Walmart, Amazon, Target, Costco, Home Depot. My opinion, the five best retailers in the world. So they're doing things right because they're well capitalized. They're big. They have huge logistics teams that get the supply chain that works for them when it doesn't work for anybody else. They've got the ability to reinvest because they're all really well capitalized. So they're spending money to make money. They're building things back into the stores. They're improving their supply chain. They're paying people more to work for them so they can have enough people in the store because nobody else has got that ability either. And they're all doing a good job online. So they've got the whole Waterfront covered. They are the kind of company you want to be at a time like this where it's very difficult out there to continue doing business. If you're small, if you're undercapitalized, if you don't have a great name with the consumer, you know, we lost 50,000 stores over the past 18 months. Most of them you've never heard of because they were small, local, undercapitalized stores. All of that volume went to these big guys that are winning the game. That's Jan Rogers Niffen, the CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide in New York. Always great perspective from you. Thanks, Jan. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Rivian Automotive and Lucid Motors are two of the competitors in the increasingly packed electric vehicle industry. We get the latest on those from our auto expert from CBS, Jeff Gilbert, out of Detroit. So, Jeff, what's the latest on Rivian and Lucid that we need to know about? 
You know, it's kind of funny. I was thinking of this earlier. They used to talk about the big three being GM, Ford, and Chrysler. The big three now are uh, Tesla, Rivian, and Lucid. And what's happening with both Rivian and Lucid is a lot of investors are thinking, hey, will they be the next Tesla? Will I be able to get in early and make a lot of money on these stocks? So you're seeing their market valuations go up, up, up. Now, I understand you've driven both a Rivian and a Lucid, at least one. What are they like? Tell me your experience. You know, I was impressed with both of them. And what really impressed me, that the common thread with you is were very refined vehicles. If you drove early Teslas, they didn't feel as refined. I mean, they were cool and kind of space age feeling, but they, they didn't feel put together well as a car. These vehicles seem like anything that a major manufacturer would put out. The R1T from Rivian actually has a couple of really neat surprise and delight features in addition to front storage and what they call a frunk because you don't need an engine there. They have another tunnel in there where you can store things. And, uh, you, you know, being able to lock things away is a big deal in a pickup truck where your stuff can sit in the back seat exposed. The Lucid Air felt like a high-end Mercedes or BMW, except it was electric. And, and you know, it's got 500 miles of range and 1,100 horsepower. Very, very smooth acceleration, of course. It has a huge price tag, 160000 plus, but those prices will be going down with newer models. So, Jeff, who has more to be concerned about Rivian and Lucid, Tesla or the traditional automakers? I think everybody has something to be concerned about. And, and again, these are also, even though they're impressive, they're unproven. So, you know, uh, GM can afford to have a flop. Ford can afford to have a flop. You know, a, a new startup, can't afford to have a flop. So so that's their risk. But certainly, I think the conventional car makers have more to worry about because, you know, it's a shiny object thing. Wall Street likes the, the, the new. They don't necessarily like the old. And no matter how good a product a GM or Ford may put out, it's still a company that's been around for a century. Jeff, any sense of where we'll be, say, in five years in terms of the EV market? Uh, you know, if I knew that, I'd make some investments and retire right now. But, uh, <laughs> Indeed. It, 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 it's interesting. I mean, tomorrow, President Biden comes to Detroit to uh, to basically christen GM's first all-EV plant. So the, the one thing we're going to see is a lot of electric vehicles from conventional car makers. And while the Rivian R1T is a great vehicle, the Cybertruck is likely to be a cool vehicle well, GM and Ford know how to make pickups, and they have electric pickups coming, you know, from those conventional car makers in the next couple of years. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. And as those developments happen, you'll be hearing about them from Jeff Gilbert, the CBS Auto Reporter out of Detroit. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets are higher, and we're joined by Jack Applin, the Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital here in Chicago. So, Jack, what's happening on Wall Street today? Well, I think it's all about retail sales. Uh, we had a pretty more, a pretty much a stagnating market yesterday. Everyone was waiting for this report, and it didn't disappoint. Retail sales came out up, up 1.7% for the month. Best reading since March, uh, and I'm seeing here non-store retailers, which essentially is uh, Internet, up 4% for the month. Of course, gas stations up around 3.9% for the month. Uh, but interesting, building materials and garden stores up 2.8% for the month, and I think that was a surprise. So we've got 
more spending, we've got higher prices, usually the two don't go along with each other. So why is that, and how long can we expect this to continue? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. We need, we certainly need, um, you know, more spending. Um, there's a lot of cash sitting in uh, household on ho- household balance sheets. I think last time I checked, it was about 5.4 trillion dollars of of cash, which equates to no, I'm sorry, 4.5 trillion, which equates to uh, you know about a quarter of GDP, very high number. And so I think given the cash uh, that that uh, consumers have and their willingness to spend it, uh, we're seeing retail sales go up and we're seeing prices go up at the same time. So, Jack, what do you like in this environment and what do we need to watch out for in this environment? Sure. So um, I like, in general, I like... Um, value-oriented stocks. These are companies that are producing good, strong earnings, and we don't have to pay a lot for it. Um, you know, in this environment where we see rate interest rates trending higher, that means that investors will be more reluctant to pay higher P.E. ratios for those um, go-go tech stocks, uh, and they will tend to take a backseat to the what we'll call the more cyclical names. Um, there's only one sector of the U.S. market that's cheap, and that's energy. Um, I think with the, um, you know, everyone focused on green energy and electric vehicles and everything else, um, people have not uh, invested in um, domestic production. Uh, we were producing 12 million barrels, barrels of oil last year, and we're down to 10.4. And now that's why President Biden is begging OPEC to send more oil our way. That's Jack Ablin, the Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital in Chicago. Jack, thanks as always for your guidance on what's happening today and beyond on Wall Street. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday, and this afternoon we're identifying circumstances that would make it worthwhile to get a hotel-branded credit card. Let's find out why as we check in with Matt Schultz, the Chief Credit Analyst at Lending Tree in Austin, Texas. So, Matt, what are hotel-branded credit cards and why might it be a good idea for some folks? Hotel-branded credit cards are essentially travel credit cards that are specifically tied to a certain hotel chain. And the reason why people love these cards is that they can give you perks that would otherwise be really, really hard to get, things like free nights and early check-in and things like that. So if you're somebody who is loyal to a specific hotel chain, these can be a great thing. But if you're somebody who tends to just look for the best deals and wants to be flexible, you may want to look elsewhere. Are these fairly new, or have hotel chains been offering credit cards? Oh, no, they've, they've been around for quite some time. Um, and what's interesting is that we've seen um, a big growth in, um, in some of the sign-up bonuses 
in uh, in recent months as people have started to travel again a little bit more. The hotel chains and banks have wanted to get people's more people's attention more, so they've ramped up some uh, some new things for folks. So, what's the best way to use these cards to maximize your advantage if you decide to get one of these? Well, the first thing you need to do is make sure that you pay your balance off each month because any rewards card that you get any rewards from that card is going to be overwhelmed by any interest that you would pay on a balance. So that's the first thing. But really the, the biggest thing that you need to do is know yourself, know your travel plan, know your travel tendencies and know kind of what you want to get from a card. And if you like a specific brand, if you're really loyal to that brand, these cards can be a good choice. Is there any particular hotel chain that's doing a better job of this or maybe offering a few more perks than others? Well, they, they really can vary pretty widely. Um, and, and even the points that you get, how they, um, how they, the, the monetary value of those points can vary quite a bit. But the good news is that you do have a lot of options. Hilton Office American Express card is one that gives you points but doesn't actually give you an annual fee. Um, and then there are other cards if you want to spend a little bit more and give you more status and that sort of thing. It's really all about what you're comfortable with. That's Matt Schultz, the Chief Credit Analyst at Lending Tree out of Austin, Texas. Matt, always great advice. Thanks. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. As inflation rises, people are looking for ways to protect their investments. And let's get some perspective from Mark Holbert, the investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com out of Washington. So, Mark, everything from the traditional hedges to some new ones as we continually evolve uh, what we invest in these days. So what are we talking about in ways of hedging against this inflation we've been seeing? Well, it's a great question, and I think the answer requires us to be very clear as to what it is that we're looking for. There are two really separate goals that uh, we have when we uh, are looking for an inflation hedge. One is a short-term goal. We want something that goes up when inflation spikes upward, like we've seen in recent months. So it's a short-term goal. But simultaneously, we have a long-term goal, which is we want an asset that will outperform inflation or at a minimum hold on to its purchasing power over the long term. And it, what I found in a recent column on the subject is that most of the traditional hedges and even some of these new ones that have been created, they, they uh, t almost all of them will do well with regard to one of those goals, but not the second. I don't know of any that does both equally well. So who should look at which hedge? Well, I think for most of us, and you know, I'd say that you know, even though we'd love to follow the markets on a day-to-day -day basis, almost all of us should be focusing on the long term. And so then we really shouldn't be caring about the short-term gyrations uh, in our portfolios, even though they, of course, get an outsized amount of our attention. And if we do focus on the long term, I think what we end up concluding is that stocks provide, at least historically, the best long-term inflation-adjusted return. If you go back 
back oh, 200 years or so, as far back as U.S. history goes in the stock market. Turns out stocks have outperformed inflation by about six annualized percentage points. That's six percentage points a year, and nothing else comes close. Even gold, which, of course, is the traditional inflation hedge, it has outperformed inflation, too, but it has not done as well as stocks. Is it more important to be defensive and protect your investments, or should you be looking at opportunities to perhaps try to get ahead of inflation? I mean, what's the most important strategy here in terms of dealing with hedges? Well, I think, uh, again, taking a long-term perspective for most of us is probably the right thing to do because it turns out that when we try to jump in and out of different investments to try to capitalize on various trends that we think are in place, almost always we end up doing less well than we would have just by picking what we think will provide the best long-term return and going with that, which, as I say, probably means going <clears throat> going with the stock market. So it's particularly true, this lesson that I think is one that we all should draw, I think it's particularly true with inflation, because it turns out that uh, people who try to predict inflation uh, more often than not get it wrong. And I'll just give you one statistic in that regard. There's a, there's a survey that's been taken every month, I think going back three or four decades by the University of Michigan, that looks at what our expectations of what inflation will be in coming years. And it turns out that on average, if you did the opposite of what that survey found, we would actually have a better track record than following what the survey suggests. Well, on that note, which is a great perspective, we say farewell to Mark Hulbert, the investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com out of Washington. Mark, always great to have you on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.